Inside Track, the official podcast of World Athletics. Now he comes through, Lyles from Omenyala, 6.47. He's a tenth of a second quicker than he was in the heat. Mahuchik for 1.97. Yes. Oh, she's got her game face on tonight. Coming away. It's an absolute procession. It's a glittering gold in Glasgow for Beckford Ball. And look at the time. Look at the time. She has smashed her own world record. Hey, welcome to Inside Track from World Athletics. I'm Sanya Richards-Ross. I'm Richard Kilty. And I'm Kelly Sutherton. And we're here tonight after the day two at the World Indoor Athletic Championships in Glasgow. Woo, what a day it was. Yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, men's 60-metre hurdles with Grant Holloway. Mm-hmm. Rapid time. Women's 60 metres, Julian Alfred, sub seven. Amazing yeah. final. Yeah. And women's pole vault, Molly Cordray on home soil. And also can't not go without saying Josh Kerr, what an epic 3K he won. Oh my goodness. And I could not wait to talk about Femke Bowl in the women's 400. I did not, I thought she'd break the world record, but in the semi, she was so conservative. But that 400 was perfection. 49-17 indoors is a time most people dream of running outdoors. And she made it look so easy. What did you, what did you think? I just thought she got to the bell first. Soon as she got to the bell first, I thought initially we're going to see a world record because yeah. if she has a clear run, if she gets through, she exactly. went through in 23.5, no one's going to run her down. And then it was just, everybody was just looking at the clock. It was yeah. clearly the gold was going we to We all talked about it before. We were saying if they don't press her to 200, it's over. And nobody yeah. went with her. I think I, f- I felt the American athletes were a bit scared, more respectful. Yeah. And yeah. I thought Clava went to go, but didn't. Yeah. So I, f- I think they handed her the race at 150. Yeah. So that she had a lovely 250 and she went through probably probably faster than... Well, 23 and a half, wasn't it? I was like, and it looked, didn't look that fast. fast. Yeah. She And you're not going to beat her in the last, hun- last 100 because of her strength over four hurdles. I just thought she dominated and they actually gave her too much respect. I would have liked to have seen someone just challenge her a little and push bit more. her out of the way. And like you said, the, the thing that we haven't even really talked about is that this is not even her main event. <laughs> like this no. is a 400 meter hurdler stepping, stepping over to the 400 and running these kinds of times. It's only, we can only fathom what she's going to do outdoors. And you you know, fingers crossed we get her tomorrow to hear more from her about what she thought about that record-breaking performance. He did race yesterday, but we got some time with him today. One of the hottest properties in athletics, one of the fastest men on the planet, the 100-meter and 200-meter outdoor world champion who won a silver medal in yesterday's 60 meters, Noel Isles. Man, we've been excited to talk to you this entire championship, so thanks for sitting down with us. You know, for me, I think it's so important for the biggest stars to show up to the biggest meets. And so it was so exciting to see you on the track for the World Indoor Championships. Was that a part of the reason why you showed up? Do you understand, like, your role in the sport now and the responsibilities that you have as the face of the sport? No, that was not the reason I showed up today. (laughs) Well, keep it real. (laughs) Uh, it, It was definitely more of a situation of I just wasn't fast enough in the 60 to make it here. I've, I've wanted to make multiple world indoor teams, but I just, I wasn't fast enough. I mean, when you have some yeah. of the fastest men in history in your generation for the 60, it's yeah. kind of hard to make the U.S. team. And they only take two. It's not three like in outdoor. Right. It's only two people. Yeah. I, love, I love that honest <laughs> answer. And I love that you have wanted to be here and you finally showed up and you and you won that silver medal it was it was incredible yeah i remember way back on twitter it, it must have been in 2018 or 19 you tweeted one time 
I want to win the world indoor 60 meter title. And back then, everybody probably felt, obviously, literally when it comes to top speed, yeah. you're hands down the fastest man on the planet, no doubt about it. But it's always been you start and everyone thought, could Noah do it? Then over the last couple of years, it's like last year you dipped into 649, was it, or 50? Last year, 51. 51. So it was like, wow, this is going to be dangerous. Then when you, this year, ran 43, it yeah. was just like, he's going to do it. He's going to claim every title. <laughs> and for me, more impressive than coming out here yesterday and, you know, losing to the world record holder, it's the fact that you've ran 6.43. And I've done a few calculations. I've seen your top speed splits. <laughs> you hit 0.81, which I believe is on par with Bolt as the highest 10-meter split ever. If you ran 6.43 and then you continue to run 0.81 splits, that's 9.6. Yeah. And that is realistic right now. So for me, it's been so impressive to actually watch you come out and drop some of the fastest times in the history over the 60 meters when genetically you are far more suited to the 100 and the 200. And it's just... you started to perfect that start and it's coming on and it's it, it's it's pretty scary what you're going to run over. I know, right? I'm saying, you can tell, you can, I mean, Richard, I, I think it's it's really amazing. Everyone should know Richard is also an expert at 60 meters and phenomenal. So the way that you've broken that down for us is, is really great. Do you see that in when you run these races? I feel like your last major loss that you, you know, when you lost the Olympics, it's like it changed you as an athlete. You've come back and you haven't looked back since. You've just been winning, winning, winning. And here you are now on the precipice of another Olympics and you've taken a loss. Can we anticipate that this loss is going to teach you so much and you're going to go on to do even greater things after this? It's very exciting. Yeah. Just, just like, you know, Richard was talking about, every time I look at these times, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, Every time I run, is just icing on the cake. Yeah. You know, the fact that I ran the 6.4 was beyond the goal. And even in Boston, when I ran the 6.44 the first time, you know, me and my coach didn't see that number showing up, which is very rare for us because we usually are in practice and we have a lot of indicators of what I'm going to run. And just seeing the 44, you know, in our head, we were thinking 49, 48, maybe 47. Wow. And to see the 44 pop up is like, oh, wow, we just entered into a completely, you know, new conversation. And the conversation we were having a week in our meetings was, all I need is 1% yeah. difference to go from running 983 to go from running 970, possibly 969, Ooh. and so on. And what I've increased by by hitting that 644 is that 1%. And yeah. it's so early in the season. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, I already have the 1%. Everything yeah. I'm just gaining from this point is 1.5, 1.2, 2%. Like, imagine that, 2%. If I gain 2% in the 100. Jesus. If I gain 2% in the 200, I'm running 18 seconds. Woo! It's, it's, it's pretty <laughs> insane. And, and, and what is it that you've worked on this year? Because... I, I'm, I'm an absolute nerd when it comes to sprinting. I've, I've studied, and I, I, actually, I actually trained with Noah when he was a, yeah, a young guy. Yeah. I came over and I trained with Lance for maybe yeah, six weeks, and mm -hmm. it was clear then that he was going to be a superstar and, mm. and go on to do special things. For me, what I've noticed is, um, I don't know if this is true, but it looks like you've actually, to make your start quicker, you're actually covering a little bit more ground. You've got slightly longer steps over the yeah. first 10 meters. Is that right? Because it looks like now, you know, you've naturally got very long levers, I guess you're about 5'11", 
Oh, yeah, five, five ten. ten and yeah, a half, but you've got yeah. you've got you've got really long legs for that, and it looks like now in the sixty meters you're actually really putting some force down over that yeah. first ten meters and driving out. What what exactly has it been that you've been working on with Lance the last six months to get you from going from a six five guy down to one of the fastest guys in history over the sixty? I'd say it's a combination of two things that I've learned from last year in twenty twenty three and moving it into twenty twenty four. Uh, one is having those longer stride patterns. You know, I'm, I can easily be a very quick guy. I can easily put my legs down faster than probably anybody out there. But at that point, you're sacrificing so much power. Right. You know, it's, and you're not going anywhere. You're just spinning. And what good is something that's spinning that's not going anywhere? You know, you just, it just looks pretty. But, you know, I want to be moving out down the track. I want to be producing power. I want to take have to take fewer steps and getting further down the track. And I just realized that I'm gonna have to get out of that habit of trying to have a quicker stride pattern and you know make it longer and trust it and be like, I have the power for it, I just need to commit to it. And that was a really hard thing for me to do all of 2023, but I finally did it once we got to Worlds and mm-hmm. you know we saw what happened there. <laughs> then taking that, and getting into the weight room heavily this year, you know, going past my limits of what was comfortable, getting very uncomfortable. I mean, yeah. we're doing box squats to the point where, you know, we were on our last rep and I'm like, as long as I don't pass out, I survived today. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, I knew that my body could go that far. It just hadn't been or I haven't pushed it to that limit. And now I'm at that same weight where I was kind of struggling in those first few months mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, going past that beyond. And I'm like, wow, I really wasn't living up to my potential in the weight room. So now we have the longer stride pattern with stronger body, which equals more force and further down the track, quicker time. All right, look who's here, Karsten Vlahom. I was trying my best Norwegian. Okay, you know, we just say Warholm. Americans just say, you like it? It sounds good. Warholm is good, huh? You like Warholm better? Warholm, yeah. But I heard today said Warholm. Karsten Warholm. Yeah, that's what you say in Norwegian. You say, I want to hear how you say your name. Karsten Warholm. See? That's, that's what I would say, yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of like, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of the name stuff and our accent stuff, so But Warhol, Warholm works kind of good in English as I well. I think Karsten yeah. Warholm sounds like yeah. a warrior. Yeah, I think so too. I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, I agree. All right, thanks Let's for joining yeah, us. Thanks for joining us. What a run. I know that you kind of last minute decided to come here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I've ever told you this, but you are one of my favorite runners of all time. Wow. I, do, I love I the fact that, that every you. single time you step on the track, you leave everything mm-hmm. on the track. It's so admirable. And I've loved that about you from long before you even became Olympic or world champion. So, Thank you. Um, you know, what inspired you to come to come to the meet and to perform? Congrats on your silver medal. Um, thanks for the nice words. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, what inspired me was that, you know, I wanted to see if I could come here and and run well and yeah. and of course i was i was hoping for a gold yeah. um it, it's kind of brutal to come here and then start your i started my season yesterday <laughs> and uh, and then i had to run three four hundred meters in in yeah. one day it's 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 kind of tough mm-hmm. but at the same time you know it's this is what we do uh, and i think for me it was a great change in in training because we've been training a lot and most of it has been with hurdles but but you know i also find it fun to to run indoors and to be able to to try and win you gotta show up you gotta try your best and then i think i i i gave everyone a good fight today i was trying my best like i always do Mm -hmm. and um you know you i've also put myself in a position where people only expect gold even myself (laughs) and and it's kind of tough but you also gotta live with the consequences because Mm -hmm. i never 
I don't want to be afraid of losing. I just want to be afraid of, you know, not getting better and to yeah. improve. And yeah. and th- that's why I always show up and I feel like I'm ready for it. And mm-hmm. and I felt like I, I was good, you know, training has been well and uh and it was uh, it was a good race today and my and my opponent ran very smart. So yeah, yeah. kudos to him. Yeah. yeah, you committed to it. That to, to go through yeah. in twenty one one, that's what we always get from you is commitment. <laughs> so like you've opened up, you've went through in twenty one one. I guess you, you your coach is gonna be happy with the commitment from yeah. that, right? So. Yeah. We actually talked about this. So that that was what he said as well. He he was very pleased with the way I solved the race. And and actually to be honest, I was I was myself mm-hmm. as well. It's like sometimes you finish a race and you're p- with the way you did it, but today yeah. I felt like I did everything that I could and uh, and uh, the other guy the Belgian guy Doom was running also very smart you know I, I didn't get the two three meters I was hoping to going going into to the bell uh, for the last round and uh, and he ran smart so you know you just got to give it to him and that's that's what it is that's racing if we if we knew the results before coming here it wouldn't be exciting exactly because what I like really what you did is you put yourself on the line not knowing what you're going to expect like you say your season started yesterday and I suppose it now ends today (laughs) (laughs) but like um, I suppose that's part of your bravery and actually your commitment into your actual your number one race your four hurdles Mm -hmm. 100% and I think one of one of the things that is also sad with professional sports is that when all the pressure comes and people expecting things from you, it can also keep you away from doing the things that you started mm. with just because you like it. And, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I really like racing and, of course, I like winning more than, than everything. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it stinks a little bit when you don't win, but at the same time, it's also gasoline to yeah. to the to the fire, fire. and uh, now it's going back home to train again you know last week i was training very well took uh, took one week preparing for here and now it's it's back to work again yeah. that, that's how it works i think yeah. i think it's i think it's a good life actually it's like you always <laughs> you always set yourself new goals and and as my coach says the the clock always starts at zero so you always get a new chance with uh, yeah. starting starting fresh I wanted to ask you, Karsten, uh, you were kind of talking about going back home. What is it? What is your home like life? Like, does everyone know you in Norway? Like, are you like a <laughs> rock star? Like, what is it like for you at home? Uh, yeah, over the years, I think people know my name more and more. And, uh, and I think, you know, it's very nice. They are very supportive of, yeah. of their, of their uh, sports stars. And, and actually, in Norway now, we have a lot. So, yeah. so it's nice. I can share the attention with a lot of great <laughs> athletes. And, uh, and I think that's just great fun. I think... Yeah. Also, the Norwegian people enjoy having sporting moments to, to look forward to. And, yeah. and this is what I live for, to give people uh, these moments. I think that's also nice fun. So people in Norway are very supportive. And, uh, and yeah, I think both me and coach are a little bit, we have a little bit celebrity status. Leaf is just yeah. as famous. <laughs> Leaf is just as famous. Are you more famous than Jakob? I think you are. <laughs> he, he is. He's the number one in, in Norway. Uh, I don't well, know. In athletics know. or sport? Because I'm a massive biathlon fan, so Biathlon's. like ah, I know, yeah. like you're I don't even know what, what event you're in biathlon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what. what bi- <laughs> Sorry, the cross country ski and they and shoot, shoot at. Uh, epic. Watch it, it's epic. There is big, big is stars, like, athletic yeah, stars. Well, I don't, I don't even know what biathlon is. Me either. I thought no, biathlon. It's huge in Norway biathlon. And also <laughs> in Europe. Biathlon. Biathlon. Instead of a triathlon. Do you say decathlon or decathlon? They actually did, yeah. Norwegians are quite good in everything that's happening on snow as well. So, no, but I think I think in Norway, especially for athletics, it's it's getting huge. With me, Ingebrigtsen, of course, and a lot of up and coming stars. We also have, you know, Norway is also running the fifteen hundred, and we have the multi-eventers here so it's growing a lot and I think this is very nice I think athletics has gotten its renaissance in Norway now and uh, 
and uh, people love to watch it and uh, we should be happy about that. So can I, I, I can share the attention with, with some other. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about your training? I did read a um, uh, little bit about your training. I've known Lee for a long time and I've seen you guys on training camps and mm. the bond is absolutely incredible. But I did read that you, your intense training days are pretty much really, really heavy and there's a lot yeah. going on and then the next day is more aerobic. And yeah. I've heard and seen you always do it. You, you respond really well to challenges and mm. new stimuluses. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, so I don't know, let's say some of your favorite training sessions or what some of your longest um, longest days are, the most intense days? It's a good question. I think the way we train is, is unique in the way that we do very long days. I think we commit to this. We do like a full-time job. Um, of course, it's high-quality work, as, as you guys know as well. So you can't go around running fast, uh, 30 flyings, for seven hours, you know, yeah. but you can take a lot of breaks. We can do a lot of uh, things in between. So usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday is like our big days. That's when we push, we we get in spikes. Usually mm-hmm. we, we try to go fast. Um, but of course you control this because when you build volume, you also got to be smart, take care of, of everything. And then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, we we usually go on the treadmill and we do some of that that stuff as well. So mm-hmm. we stay in training for, for many hours. Of course, we take take a lot of breaks as well yeah. to, to be able to maintain the, the high quality work. And uh, Sundays are usually off, but we do a lot of um, rest, you know, do saunas and we do sometimes massage. And, and I think we have, a, we have a very good system that we've done for years and life is very experienced. And I think what he's best at is that he doesn't plan. You know, he sees oh. every time I come, to, I come to training and he see how I am, how I behave, if I'm tired or not. Oh. You know, we, we can communicate, That's a great coach. talk together. Yeah. So, great so coach. he does all these small little tweaks, yeah. which I think is really smart because you, if you write it down on paper in right. January <laughs> and, and you come to May yeah. and you don't feel the same way as you did in January, right. you got to adjust. And, and, yeah. and, and I think that's important as well because you always got to change up a little bit when sometimes will be bad days, sometimes good days, and then you can push. Yeah. What's your least favorite session? But if you said, I don't want to ever do this session To again. be honest, I think treadmill is, <laughs> I think treadmill is boring. Um, I don't understand people doing that twice a day. So that's, <laughs> that's tough, but, but, but at the same time, it's, it's very important. Yeah. But that's usually one of those sessions where it's like, just go in there and, and do it. Yeah. Um, so those are kind of boring. So, but I love the sessions where we push. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you for giving us so much to look forward to on the track. We cannot wait to see what you will do in Paris. We're wishing you all the best in your training. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Had a great time. Inside Track. Find more from World Athletics and watch the podcast in full at worldathletics.org. We have the fabulous first British world pole vault champion, Molly Cordray. Yes. Thank you. You're the first ever in Great Britain, um, wow. second global medalist was Holly Bradshaw um, from Tokyo. I mean, how does it feel right now? Because it must be a whirlwind. It's just unbelievable. It was such a special moment to do it in front of a home crowd. My, yeah. my parents were there, my partner, Aww. everyone in just the whole home crowd supporting me, the nation behind me. Yeah, it, w- it was incredible. Um, yeah, so you started off your medal winning career back in Birmingham in 2022. You won a mm-hmm. silver medal at the Commonwealth Games, I can say, because I was your, t- your team yeah. lead. Brilliant. And you've excelled from that competition last year. It's fifth in Budapest. What's been that difference since Budapest to now? It's just been um, not being injured. That's been Mm. the question that everyone has asked me. I've been really unlucky with injuries over the last few years, quite a few surgeries. um, But this winter, I was just able able to kind of 
keep some consistency, train day in, day out, build everything and, and just take the confidence from last year. I've improved physically, mentally, and that, that combination of everything has just led me to where I am now. Some of the height, sorry. Like, uh, <laughs> You're hogging the interview, <laughs> Kelly. Can sorry, we get a word sorry. in, please? Yeah, last question. Um, <laughs> I've watched you jump all through the winter <laughs> and your world lead 486, it was a, an epic clearance. And today, I think it was your 480 mm-hmm. epic clearance. You know, it seems that you, you seem fearless and there's so much, you've got so much headroom. Yeah, I just think I've gained so much confidence and I, I, I know that I've got these heights in me now and they're just becoming more and more consistent. And yeah, I'm, st- I'm too stunned to speak at the minute. Oh man, no, I, you know, watching you perform and then the just pure joy that you mm. had after the, the win was just mm. so amazing. I'm always so curious what it's like as a pole vaulter, like actually going up and like going over that mm. bar. Like, what does it feel? Does it's, it feel like you're flying? Yeah, like, what does it feel? it's so much fun. It's exactly like flying in just for a split second. But yeah. when you clear that bar and you're on the way down, just mm. for that one second, you're like, oh, or, or you haven't cleared it. But normally, like, <laughs> in the good times, you just, you're just falling and you get to do a little celebration and yeah. then when you land, it all kind of sinks in. But, I mean, Eliza had two attempts at 90 before yeah. I knew I, I had you that win. Yep, and, yep. and that time was, was a bit nerve-wracking. But, I mean, I wouldn't have been upset with a silver medal either. Well, I've, yeah. I've, I've come so far in such a short amount of time. My last question, too. Um, do you visualize these competitions? So I know when I was compared to a lot mm-hmm. of visualization, do you also visualize being in the meets mm-hmm. and, like, going over these heights like what is your process massively I I spoke about my injuries I visualized so much through them and I think that kind of kept me in touch with vaulting and and yeah I see it I could not sleep last night it's all I could see (laughs) I think I got about two hours sleep because it's all I could see I just saw it over and over and over again I I, I journal a bit as well and I was writing it down I thought it was going to take 95 to win so I was writing 495 um and yeah it was was a bit of a messy competition actually but um so which is why I think it was a slightly lower height. Mm-hmm. Molly, you came into it with the you came in as world lead, didn't you? So when you see we do see a lot of athletes who are performing well on the circuit and they have breakthrough years and then suddenly for you to come in front of a home crowd as the favourite, that speaks volumes about your character because mm-hmm. we see time and time and time again people with incredible talent. You were in Budapest last year, great results, but to actually come in as a world lead, really in the first championships where you've ever had the pressure of the gold yeah. at home in you, yeah. and to deliver that, what was your preparation like and how were you able to, uh, were you thinking about the, mm-hmm. the pressure or did you just stay relaxed out there? It's always, um, I'm always intrigued to hear how people perform under pressure on their first real yeah. big exposure on yeah, the big I, stage, especially yeah. at home. I feel like I've always been a bit of an underdog and I, I've liked that. So mm-hmm. this has been a real big change for me and and I don't think I was the favorite I think Katie being you know Olympic champion world champion she was still kind of not expected but she was the favorite going into it but I was definitely in the spotlight more than I ever have been mm. and I just think I took the confidence that, that from my season I knew that I could clear every bar that was in front of me I've, I've been doing it day in day out I think the the lowest height I've cleared this year is 475 so I was as I just took that um and I looked up at that crowd and I just thought, I've, I've got to do it for everyone and myself. And, and there was pressure. I was probably the most nervous I've ever been. But that kind of helps me. And I, I use that. I like to be shaking when I'm jumping. So actually, that, that, that worked in my favor today. I did see you, when the music was on, you were putting chalk on your hands. And you were bopping along to the music that was going on. Like, you look really relaxed. Probably nervous, but relaxed. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and it goes to what you're saying. You're yeah, really definitely. Nervous. I'm a nervous chalker. Like I'll put so many layers of chalk on my <laughs> hand. It like keeps me distracted. And mm-hmm. and in between jumps, I like to talk to all the girls, and we'll just have a chit chat about general life, really. But yeah, I, I like to try and keep it quite unfocused until I'm stood on that runway. 
No, fantastic. I mean, one of the things I want to say before we let you go is that no matter how many championships you win, always keep that underdog mentality. Mm. That's the way to continue mm-hmm. striving for excellence. So thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations you, on a phenomenal you, performance here on Home Soil. Thank you. So we're going to hear from another medal winner, Yaroslava Mahutrik, who won a silver in yesterday's high jump, and she's going to tell us all about her experiences here in Glasgow. It was a really great competition with new surface, a really new track. It was really nice, and we fighting with Nicola mm-hmm. <laughs> on track. But of course, behind the skin, we are so friendly. So and it was really joyful atmosphere. And I'm really happy that I have the medal, silver medal, and I appreciate it, really. We spoke to Nicola yesterday and she mentioned that the track was really fast. Yes. Did you find the same? Yes, I find the same, that it was really fast and uh, I should step back, foot, 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 and (laughs) it was after every attempt. Um, How did you feel receiving the silver medal? Because you won in... Is it Belgrade, wasn't it, in 2022? How did you feel winning the silver medal? I mean, obviously you went to win, but how did you feel overall about it? You know, I have started to appreciate every medal, every Mm -hmm. winning, because now it's really important for Ukrainian people, every winning. So I really appreciate that I have silver medal. So I think that I should grow up, step behind, step forward to win maybe gold medal next time. Yeah, that's a really humble like answer. That's yeah. a, a gracious answer. Um, you have really good camaraderie um, with all the other high jumpers. You seem to be really friendly, especially Nicola. Yes. How did that help in your competition yesterday and other competitions? Yes, of course it helps really because we are friendly. But sometimes people think that we are not <laughs> have conversation with girls <laughs> because we're so focused. I think it's like girls power that we always when we in field we always focus on high jump and of course our jumps but after the skin after the competition we all have conversations some to share some plans what we plan to do what next when we will see again each other (laughs) next competition so it's really friendly atmosphere and we congrats each other after jumps so it's really nice and Yaroslava were you using this competition was it mainly to come here to defend your title and the priority was to win a gold medal? Or have you and Tetiana been using this as a stepping stone to work on something bigger to go out in Paris and to become the first Ukrainian female high jump champion? Yeah, of course, our expectation with Tetiana was so high result because 197, now mm-hmm. it's not good, really, <laughs> because the previous competition showed that we can jump and Nicola can jump higher. Of course, the result is a little bit disappointing, really. But uh, it gives us motivation to hard work, really, to continue our preparation for the most important competition of the season, it's Olympic Games. And I think there will be more motivated, more focusing on their fighting on the track. How important is it for you for everything which is going on at home in Ukraine? You're a shining light, you're one of Ukrainian brightest stars and I'm a huge fan of my favourite sportsman is Oleksandr Usyk, the heavyweight champion of the world and I'm a huge, huge fan of his and it's really special to see athletes like yourself, like Marina Beck, like Usyk, like Lomachenko, to be going out there and flying the Ukrainian flag. It's almost like you guys are really performing with a passion 
and showcasing to the world how patriotic you are to show your support for what's going on at home. How much would that mean to you to go to Paris and be the first Ukrainian lady to win a high jump medal? It would be phenomenal. Could you just tell us about how that helps you in your day-to-day -day preparation and your how much that motivates you when you've got competitions? Yeah, you know, I have a big motivation uh, to fight for the gold medal with girls. Of course, uh, for the long time, we don't have the gold medals uh, in track and field. So I want to share my, if I win, I want to share with my people, with my nation, because every my winning now silver medal, they congrats me. And, you know, it's really important now show that we are continue fighting for our country on all events, really, all spheres. And the sport, uh, it's an example of our power, that it's our passion and we can show, we can jump. And after this, we can uh, speak with journalists and talk about all actions that happened in my country. And I'm really happy to be inspiration for the young generation, for the strange that you should believe in yourself in every situation and you should do your work that you love. Great interview, Kelly. She was wonderful. There was just so much goodness today on the track. What else were you thinking about? Women's 60 meters, yeah. I'm always going to choose my event. <laughs> Julian Alfred to win it in 698. We've seen Swoboda run 698 in the semi and she looked absolutely mm -hmm. unbelievable. She was so relaxed and I thought she had it. But when we seen Aaliyah Hobbs, I think that kind of changed the dynamic of it the did. event. Unfortunately, it was heartbreaking to yeah. see her injure herself coming out of the blocks in the warm-up. Yeah. But then there was the hold-up. She unfortunately got taken off on the on the wheelchair and she was in the lane next to Swoboda. And yeah. I think that could have caused Swoboda to maybe thrown off because if somebody's not next to you, yeah. ideally in a 60, you want to feel that pressure and someone either side of you and the lane was empty. Mm -hmm. But Julian Alfred, she was right next to Swoboda and she had somebody on the left. She mm -hmm. got out well and Alfred's top speed's pretty incredible. Yeah. And she came away with a 698 and Swoboda couldn't quite replicate what she'd done in the semi-final. But... A very, very tasty competition, nevertheless, one of the fastest 60 meter world indoor championships we've ever seen from the women. So, Julian Alfred is actually a Longhorn. So, yeah. you know, I, I was rooting for her. And I think something that's so special about her was her last season in college, her first year pro, she didn't lose a race. No. So, what happens to me is when you're in a situation like that and you're that close to winning, you just know how to win. Winning is a mm -hmm. habit. Yeah. And so, it's hard to bet against someone who has won so much, yeah. even though she's on her first time being pro and she's here under the big lights. I just, I, I, and I had a feeling that she would come out and be successful. So, it was really nice to see her win her first world indoor title. And the first for St. Lucia. Yeah, she maximized her start, I thought. Yeah. So it was like, she got out and it was pretty even. And then you knew because of her 200 meter strength, she was yeah, going to put away. So it was a really yeah. good win. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed watching that 60 meters. I want to talk a little bit more about Femme Cabot. I know we talked about her in the beginning, but just to see what she's able to do in the 400, um, it's just it's just unfathomable. You know, she's a 400 meter hurdler. We all know that's her favorite event. But the way that she's come out here and stamped her name in the record books at 400, I hope that she'll run some 400s outdoor as well. I think that she owes it to herself to see if she could run 48, 48 low um, in the 400. But obviously, I know she wants to win Olympic gold medal in the 400 meter hurdles, which is a very competitive event. You know, yeah. Sydney McLaughlin Lavroni, who owns the world record there. Femka Bowl, I just love to see it that she's always competing. You know, she has the heart of a champion. So that's still the highlight for me uh, tonight, as well as Grant Holloway um, in the 60 meter hurdles. <laughs> I mean, he's just, you know, something else. His dominance, much like Femka Bowl, even more, right? I think he's not lost a race since 2018 indoors. Yeah, it's something like 75 races. It's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. So he was phenomenal. I don't think his race too. was perfect. I don't think he had the best He doesn't best have to be perfect. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> saying. Be on the track, you he know? still ran as fast as he did 29, yeah. and still, I don't think he had the best start like no. he did in the semi. No. So I yeah. just think, oh my God, 
how much more he could have run and he'll probably yeah. be like, oh, if I'd have got that start, I probably would have broke my yeah. record. And it yeah. did look like on the last hurdle, as he was approaching, it was getting too close and he kind of leaned back to almost mm-hmm. like slow yeah. himself down from yeah. getting over. So he's clearly got something like a 720 in the locker. It's scary. To, it's scary. I seen him in the um, on the warm-up track a couple of days ago. He was just, when you see him going over, it's, it's absolutely incredible. 70, yeah. 75 my, races. My outrageous, sir. <laughs> I mean, I was yeah. just yeah. saying that just to cause yeah, outrage. Well, mine was, ball. I think we just picked the absolute two dominant <laughs> people who were going to probably maybe break world records <laughs> yeah. because if it came off, it'd be like, yeah. oh, so. so it was outrageous, but we do apologise to them too. <laughs> Uh, Josh Kerr, we cannot oh, go without Josh Kerr, the 3K. Um, he obviously he's, he's broken the two mile record indoors this year, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think he was really favoured to win this. Yeah. Like, I think it's Borrego. Like he was not favoured to win. The dom- that the, the wind up from 600 from 400 to 200. I'd love to know what the splits were in that yeah. last 150 meters because. Josh Kerr, I mean, the crowd obviously gave him, it, like oh. home crowd, did give him that advantage, mm-hmm. but it was so superior. And, uh, and I imagine the interviews from Josh Kerr now is going to be all back to Inga Britson um, about the comment about running blindfolded. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm loving this, this beef. It's going to go all the way to Paris yeah. and it's what I'm here for. It's the game. And yeah. um, But for, for a home crowd, mm-hmm. for a Scottish athlete to win in Scot- in Glasgow, yeah. it's just like that is the icing on the cake yeah. for today. Then there was a few times when the last lap was coming, he was he was still in second and he it was almost like he was going to make it. And I thought if he mm-hmm. wastes too much energy, but then when he committed to it. Yeah. it I was, was like, jump, yeah. jump, jump, <laughs> other way, come on. And then he did it. And I was yeah. like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, I don't stand up for many people, but I stood up for that. Like, yeah. I just thought that was such a courageous performance. Um, Good on you, Josh Kerr. Yeah. yeah, and like you said, in front of a home crowd, uh, it was such a beautiful way uh, to get the crowd involved. And I felt like from that moment on, they were truly vested in all their other yeah. performances. So we hope you'll continue to be invested in this podcast. Come back tomorrow for more great stuff from Inside Track. Inside Track. For a full video version of this podcast and more, head to worldathletics.org. This podcast was produced by Voice Work Sport for World Athletics.